You're listening to the Empath Insights Podcast, episode 26. And today I'm interviewing Brenda Strong, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, and animal communicator. Stay tuned. I'm Rachel Hudson, and I help empaths just like you learn to thrive, learn to stop absorbing other people's stress, and embrace your natural gifts. I also teach you how to manage your sensitivities in this sometimes insensitive world we live in. I am so happy to be with you today, and you are in for a real treat because I'm talking to one of my friends one of my mentors in my spiritual and healing journey. And she taught me everything I know about Reiki. And I'm always learning from her. Now, this was such an informative conversation. And it reminded me that there are really no coincidences in this life that we're living. I would love to introduce to you, Brenda Strong, Reiki master, hypnotherapist, animal communicator, and a dear friend of mine, and so much more. So welcome, everybody. I wanted to introduce a special guest, Brenda Strong. So hello, Brenda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rachel. Great to see you. Yeah. So if you would just like to start telling our listeners who you are, where you're from, what's going on in your life now, and kind of how we met. All right. Well, I have been in many places. I have started in North Dakota, but then was in so many different places. Most of my life has been divided between North Dakota, Virginia, and now Texas. Uh, I had a corporate life prior to what I'm now doing. I was a process controls engineer in the oil business loved it until the stress of it tried to kill me so i quit <laughs> had enough of that and that's how i got into reiki and hypnotherapy instead because i had free time you had some free time so you retired from your previous life mm -hmm. and found reiki nice. yes i did i did and you and i i Love that question because it brought me back to when I first moved to Texas and I was trying to build this Reiki business here. So I went around to yoga studios asking about doing a demonstration or a talk about Reiki. And you were very generous and said, sure, I've been looking for somebody. So yeah. that's how we met and we clicked instantly. We did. I was like, I don't know a whole lot about this, but this sounds so interesting. So yeah, it was fate. That's for sure. Um, let's see. So how did you come to understand or find out that you were an empath? I mean, did you have anything like previous, maybe like in your corporate job and you started thinking about it or was this kind of a new thing for you? This is a really, really new thing for oh. me. <laughs> Probably very unlike most of your clients or other followers, I just realized about two months ago that I'm an empath. What so, was that like? <laughs> like, like what? Really? Because I've spent, I, since I started hearing about empaths, I've said, well, that's not me because of listening to other highly sensitive empaths that I do know. It's like, yeah, that's not me. So I had this session with someone a couple of months ago, and I'm just asking a question about how I relate to other people. I describe what's going on, and she says, well, that's an empath. Yeah. What? No, I'm not. And she says, yes, that's it. So after she said that, then I started thinking about, in hindsight, it's like, okay, I see all of these things. Yes, I don't react like many empaths I know, but I definitely have empathic tendencies. I would say so. Yeah. So yeah, that's really interesting. So looking now that you know what you know, um, do you, can you look back and see if you maybe had any struggles um, 
in your life that might've been related to you being an empath or what, what made the connection for you? I think probably my strongest reaction is about sound. I've never been able to tolerate loud sound Mm. and it does not matter what it is. Even if it is some music that I really love, it cannot be loud. I just don't like it. Yeah. Like your nerves might get a little jaggedy and frayed or something. Yes. It, it is annoying. It's irritating. So, so in my corporate job, we had to always wear hearing protection in loud environments. It's like, no problem. Can I have a double? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was, that was my real, the real big one. The other one is probably that I've always shied away from conflict especially noisy conflict so arguing I just don't do that I can't do that there's no screaming can't do it and your voice is so calm every time that we're all together you just have this calm voice and it's it's a low soft but we all can we can all hear you when you when you speak so yeah um is there I think I know this but is there a specific empath type that you might identify with? Well, um, I looked over your list again and I was trying to decide between animals and intuitive. Yeah, they do overlap. So, I mean, you being doing all the Reiki, uh, what you do in Reiki and animal communication, I was like, I bet she says animal empath somewhere in there. (laughs) (laughs) So, and what realizations did you have once that you had this, you discovered, you're like, hey, I might just be an empath. Well, it's a realization. I think, as I said, it's in hindsight, when I look back on so many ways I have reacted and acted a lot of what I had termed as being a shy person I now realize is because I'm an empath because I'm shy but in in my own group people I know nobody in that group would ever think I'm a shy person (laughs) get me into a, a group of people I don't know and yes I'm definitely shy I'm not talking to anyone Okay. If if there's the cat or dog in the room, I'm good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's, that's so interesting. So when you said intuitive empath, um, I mean, with the Reiki and the animals, how, how did these, how do your intuitions show up? Is it more like a, a feeling? Do you hear like sounds in your head? Is it what, what, how would you describe that for you? Uh, it, for me, I think the best way is I will get a thought in my mind and it's not, and I just know it's not my thought. It wasn't a logical progression of what was going through my mind that something will come up. And, and if I ever hear, like when I'm doing an animal communication, a word, it's a word I know, but it's not one in my ordinary vocabulary that's when it's like, absolutely. That's not me. That's the animal. Wow. That is so neat. So have you ever pushed the intuition away? Like, oh, that's just my mind. Cause I did that for a long time, especially before Reiki, before I, I think Reiki actually helped me um, to really tap into my intuition. So would you, in the past, would you just like push it to the side or kind of go with your intuition? Oh, before Reiki, I didn't even know I could have had intuition. I have to say, I was an engineer by training. There's no intuition going on there. Yeah. Uh, And so it was after I found out about Reiki and I felt like I was trying to develop that muscle and I realized okay, the muscle actually is there. I do have that one and it's developing and it's just getting stronger. I now believe everybody's got intuition. 
you just have to be able to tune into it. Yeah. And to trust, I think a lot of us, I mean, I can look back at like the signs that something was going to go horribly wrong. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 that's not for me. (laughs) And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I think these lessons that we learn, I think intuition is such, is such a gift and to be able to tap into it requires, I mean, I think it requires a fair amount of trust. Um, so have you always been in communication with animals or have you always had a, a, a strong connection? Have you always had animals and how did that start with animal communication for you? I've always had a strong connection to animals. I didn't always have animals because my parents wouldn't let us have them. Um, Once I left home, I think I've always had an animal in the house, at least one or two or three, if not more. Uh, The communication, that started with Reiki also. When I first learned Reiki, my teacher then encouraged everybody to find their own niche. And at that point, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of working with people. And she mentioned those magic words, animal communication. Wow, I started reading books and it's like, oh my, yes, this is what I want to do. And I instantly fell in love with doing that. So did you start with your own pets or was it something random or how does that work? I didn't start with my own pets and... When I'm teaching others, which I only do kind of casually about animal communication, I encourage people to not so much focus on their own pets because with your own pets, you obviously are receiving information. I believe everybody who has a pet receives information. However, you always put it down to, oh, it's body language. I just happen to know them. And that's all that's going on. Like they know our routines. We know their routines. We know their barks or their meows. (laughs) Yeah. So we never believe we're communicating. We just put it all down to knowing them so well. So great if you want to try with your own pets, but most people won't believe themselves. So start with animals you don't know so well friends, families, animals, ask them for permission to talk to their animal, find out things about their animal. And then if it's a close friend, you can check in and you can get validation for what you received. And and some of the things that you get, there just is no way you could know that. There just isn't a way. Do you have any you know, favorite stories of animal communication that you would feel comfortable sharing? Um, Sure. Uh, Like when I was first starting and a friend had this, um, I think it was a cat. And they said, okay, after we've finished our meal, we always give our animal a treat. What is it? And I came up with, you know, a piece of buttered bread. It's like, (laughs) What? That makes no sense. Well, that was it. You know, so, so some of it, yeah, it's, it's these off the wall. Things like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's buttered bread. <laughs> exactly. So if you can find someone that's non-judgmental, it's really helpful because it takes away the fear. And that's part, that's one of the hardest things with animal communication is letting go of the fear of being wrong. Oh, that really hits home. Oh, it does. I I remember in our Reiki training, you had mentioned a story about, I don't know if you remember this, uh, a horse that was, was it being bullied or something? Mm -hmm. Could you share that? Because I thought that was the most interesting story. Yes, this was, this was, it was actually Reiki that I used with that horse. Oh, Okay. So I gave this horse Reiki and I didn't really know what was going on. I was so cold. I couldn't really focus on anything. So I just trusted that Reiki would do what it needed to do. At the end of the session, this little horse, and this is a little horse. He went out into the pasture with his two draft horse pasture mates. So little horse, 
two big horses and he goes out and the one big horse comes up to, I think, give him a nip on the butt. And the little horse just kind of kicked, kicked up a heel, turned his head and tossed his mane and walked on. The owner, of course, was like, oh my gosh, look at that attitude. She, he had never acted that way before. And from that moment on, he was never kicked on by the two draft horses. Oh, wow. That is so fascinating. I'm just, just blown away by the animal communication. I know that a lot of people are really fascinated by it. And I do have a lot of questions like, how does it work? And can you tap into it? So thank you for sharing that. That is so fascinating. Um, so going back to Reiki, if you would like to um, talk a little bit about Reiki and what, I know a lot of people ask me these questions, like, well, what can I use Reiki for um, and who can benefit? So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Okay, sure. And I can talk a lot about that. I would love I'll it. <laughs> keep it just a little. So at its very base, it's stress reduction and relaxation. Absolutely every person on earth needs stress reduction and relaxation yes. at this point. Yeah. So everyone can use it. But beyond that, it also works on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. So physical, people understand that. If you've got some body part that is hurting, if you have, um, in particular, if you are suffering with cancer or in cancer treatments, Reiki has been very, very beneficial for people in that situation. It helps mitigate the effects of chemotherapy. It helps with the emotions that go along with cancer diagnosis, the treatment, the whole process of it. And it's even used in many oncology departments now. It has become so mainstream for that. It's also used in many surgical departments. So it is getting mainstream in a number of areas. You can also use Reiki if you are having emotional issues, um, whether it is excessive anger or grief, sadness, any excess emotion that you are not comfortable with, Reiki can help with that. Um, it, depression, as we common folk all the sadness, the depression. I'm not talking clinical depression, although it can help with that. Absolutely. But a lot of us go around saying, oh, I'm feeling depressed. Reiki helps with that sort of thing. Uh, it really also helps with spirituality. I know my spirituality has increased a hundredfold with Reiki. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Do you have... Oh, my next question was, and I think we kind of touched on this, but did you, were you seeking out Reiki or was it kind of like, it kind of showed up through some circumstances in your life? Well, it, it showed up through circumstances. I had a friend who did Reiki and I knew nothing about it. I actually sent a few people to her, not even knowing what she did. I just said, I think you need somebody to see her. Uh, then my brother died under really tragic circumstances. And I finally realized I was having issues dealing with grief. Okay. I was managing all the estate stuff I needed to do, but I wasn't processing as I needed to. So I asked her about it and she, absolutely come on down. She says, well, I had such an incredible spiritual experience in that first session that even though my engineer mind said, this is just too wild and crazy. And I don't believe any of it. My other mind said, I don't care. Shut up. We're going again. And from that point on, I've been studying it and practicing it and am still amazed to this day by some of the things that occur. It's just beyond belief. I love it. I'm so, I'm so thankful that um, for those of you who don't know, um, I was trained 
by Brenda and Reiki one and two. And then I got the master level training and it was just, it's really, I think it's indescribable. It's super hard to describe for me. I always, I always like lose my words, but I'm like, you just have to experience it. And I think, you know, we can talk about it, but if you, if you have had a Reiki session, you will know exactly what we're talking about. If you haven't had a Reiki session, you need to have a Reiki session. (laughs) So how long ago was this? Do you mind sharing that? Oh, sure. Um, I had my first session in 2002. Okay. And so I started my first class then in 2002. I've been studying ever since I started working with animals, well, in a couple of people about 2006. Okay, okay. Um, do you, would you like to share um, some other examples of Reiki working in your, your own life besides your first experience? Sure. Probably um, have loads of <laughs> examples. <laughs> oh. Some, yes, yeah, some of them, and, and animal communication and Reiki end up tying together in some of these. Yeah. I'd say the biggest way Reiki has helped in my life is it is what brought me to Texas. Uh, I had no intention of moving from Virginia at all. Yet, I got this one little hint of maybe you're going to move. And within six months, we went from we're never moving to living in a house here in Texas, all within six months. Reiki had a huge part, both in getting us to move. I knew I was supposed to move. I had no idea why. Um, After we got here, within another six months, I understood it was so that I could start teaching. That was why I had to move here. That's what Reiki did. It was just the trust I had got us here. And it required a lot of trust to go from, I'm good, I'm settled, I'm not moving, not interested to like, hmm, we might need to move. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know that it, by using Reiki, I know I have extended the life of two of our cats um, one of them for over two years, I know her life was extended that much. So it has helped that. It's certainly made me more patient. Um, I'm much less judgmental. That goes along with that increased spirituality too, though. I feel like you're reading my mind because every time I want, I'm like, oh yeah, the spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. But this is like, <laughs> I'll have a thought. And then you're like, you just answer my question. <laughs> Yeah, and you'd asked about animal communication before. I have another example of the two of them tied together. So I'm communicating with this cat who is depressed. And I've gotten a few, you know, oh, try, there's this, there's that, the other. And as I'm communicating, I get this little voice that says, you need to heal a spirit attachment on this cat, which is a Reiki technique. And I know my logical mind did not come up with that. So I did that. And as I'm doing that, the person, I don't even see this cat because he's in Virginia. The person noticed his his eye is no longer dilated. His fur has gone down and he starts purring partway through the, the treatment. So yeah, it, it just works together. So cool. I love it. And you know, I have used, this is for my listeners. Um, I have used Brenda. I think I've used every single one of your services. <laughs> I had an issue with, uh, we got a new, we got some new, very stylish crates for the dogs because they like to sleep in the crates. And I thought, well, we'll get something that matches the furniture. I don't know if you remember this when I was like, Brenda, I need your help. My dog Yogi, whom I love dearly. um, We had some doggy drama though. Jingo, my one dog was fine. And then Yogi, we would put him in the crate. We put our, we put the same kind of stinky blankets in there. And we had actually thrown one of the stinky blankets in the garage, getting ready to, we needed to clean it out. 
he lost his mind. He completely did not like the crate and we couldn't figure, we're like, oh, we just spent all this money on this crate. And you connected with Yogi with just, I think it was just like a picture. And I just said, Hey, look, this is what's going on. And you texted me and said something like, he's really concerned about this towel or blanket. Like, don't throw it away. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, he was fine. We ended up changing out his crate. So recently in the last few years, started working in the field of hypnosis. This is also really fascinating for me. Um, and you're a certified hypnotherapist now. Yes. Tell us about that. What brought you to that? Well, again, I had a, a session with someone else and this person had said, it's time for you to up your game. You need to add to your abilities. And at that time, I thought about there's an advanced certification for Reiki. Mm -hmm. I wasn't so keen on it because it involves a lot of travel and I really didn't want to do that. But again, that, that feeling of trust, it's like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? Let me think about it. So while part of me is mulling this over in a not happy way, <laughs> I had three or four different clients that came and asked about hypnosis. And I started seeing things on the internet about hypnosis and started thinking, is this a different, is this the second thing I should do or third thing, whatever. And I felt so much happier about that idea. So I pursued that and that's how I got into hypnosis. That turned out to be a really great fit because it fits really well with Reiki so very well. Um, what I didn't know going into it is that the state that people get into physically and mentally during hypnosis is very, very similar to what they get into with Reiki. So mm. that is almost the same sort of feeling in the body. It's just the modality of the energy or using words, which also are energy. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you ever incorporate Reiki in your hypnosis sessions? Do you try to keep it separate or does it just depend on the client? Well, I do actually offer a combination hypnosis and Reiki session. So we start... At, but in some ways they're done separately and start with the hypnosis and then go on to Reiki. However, the clients, if I ever notice in hypnosis that a client doesn't seem to be relaxing and settling, I start using words like imagine this stream of energy, like a stream of water flowing through your body and carrying away anything that you don't need, which is similar you know it's just reiki energy but i'm using my words to impart it instead of my hands so yes i do use them together i love it i love it anything else that let's see i might be missing that i might not have asked you if you wanted to share with our audience that i didn't um, touch on well let me expound a little bit about hypnosis because I find with my clients or people that call they're not always aware um, hypnosis is not a trance thing and it's not like what you've seen on tv of course <laughs> it's not at all like that it's very very common and we put ourselves into hypnosis pretty much daily if not even more frequently than that so the most common way to realize you're in hypnosis or common things we do to put ourselves in hypnosis, get in your car and you drive to work or the grocery store. And when you get there, you don't remember most of the drive. That's just going into a state of hypnosis. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That. Yes. It's as simple as that. Or if you happen to be watching a movie or reading a really good book and suddenly you realize an hour and a half has passed that was a state of hypnosis. 
that's all hypnosis is, is becoming very relaxed and very focused. So focused, you don't even notice time. That is, I love that because, you know, when we go on long trips, so we're driving cross country, (laughs) I'd driven to Florida and I was like, the road looked the same. And I was in two and a half hours had passed. And I'm like, was I paying attention? So that, yeah, that totally reminds me of, and I've had a hypnosis too, I think with you and the same feeling, the same mm-hmm. exact feeling. And then next thing, you know, I'm like, that was it. It seemed like 30 seconds or two or three minutes. And it was a lot longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hypnosis just helps us make changes that we already know we want to make. You know, the simple ones that, that we know about um, stop smoking or uh, lose weight. Those mm-hmm. are the two common ones, but it's used for so many more things. People use it to manage anxiety. Uh, obviously, it ties in with Reiki with that. And I have, have a great great wonderful story about using it for anxiety oh yeah i had a young girl youngest client i've had so far had very high anxiety extremely high and one of the things that she had issues with was at school drop-off time when her mom drops her off and so in our hypnosis session I talked through the whole process of the morning and the drop-off. And it included that when they got to the curb at the school, she'd just reach for the door handle, look over her shoulder, say, bye, mom, get out and leave. And first day after the session, they got to the curb. She reached for the door handle, opened it, said, bye, mom, got out and left. (laughs) which is cool on its own, but even more surprising is her mother told me, number one, she never ever says anything to her mother as she gets out, never speaks, period. And she always only calls her mother mommy or mama, never mom. That was my bad. I should have asked. I forgot (laughs) to ask. So here, here, I, this little girl in hypnosis, bye mom, and out she goes. And so obviously she's tickled and her mom's tickled. I am just so thrilled to get to hear these wonderful changes that hypnosis can do for kids. I love that. I love that. I mean, and it's such a brave thing, I think, for parents to do as to, to help. Like, hey, let's explore, let's explore hypnosis I mean think about it 20 years ago (laughs) it probably wasn't even on anybody's radar but now this is amazing and being able to work with kids um, I bet you work with all kinds of people Um, would you say you do more Reiki right now or do you do more hypnosis right or does it just depend I'd say right now it's probably a little more weighted towards hypnosis, mm-hmm. but it's pretty close to 50-50. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. About animal communication, I do yeah. want people to know really absolutely anyone can do it. There are great books out there to help you understand about doing it, but the key is really just practice, practice, practice. And the more people that listen to their animals, even if it's just your own animal, it helps enrich your life and the life of the animal. One of the things that Reiki has helped me with, and I'm saying this because we live in East Texas, many people talk about this as being the Bible belt, and you have to be very careful about what you do, what you say. Oh, yes. Okay. Say it too. Uh-huh. That sort of thing. So I just want to say, I know Reiki has definitely helped me feel very secure in just being who I am. I respect other people's boundaries and I respect all of their beliefs, but I am confident in my beliefs enough so that it's okay if I believe in Reiki. I don't have to talk to a 
everybody about it, but if someone wants to know, I'm happy to share it. And the, I get a number of clients that have gifts and they are afraid of letting the people in their life know about it because they're afraid of not being accepted. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. And part of it is how you address it to the people in your life so that you're not just slapping them in the face with something new to them. Uh, just as you wouldn't offer a person a type of food they've never heard of before. Hey, come over for dinner. Here's something you've never seen or heard of or smelled or anything, but eat. Oh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, I like that. Never do that. So with the people in your life, once you've figured out you've got this gift to not slap them in the face with, hey, here's who I am, take it or leave it. <laughs> That's a little obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> to, to just go at them that way, give them hints and broach the subject gently with them. And what I find, here it is, East Texas, the Bible Belt, I've got a lot of clients. You're so a busy lady. A whole lot of people believe in Reiki. So for all those people that come to me saying, oh, I don't know that I can do this. Well, a lot of other people apparently think you can. It's very diverse in, in East yeah. Texas. I mean, I was very surprised because I'm a part of your, and I haven't gone forever, but uh, your Reiki share. And we have a very, very diverse group. Yes, we do. We do, and, and for the people listening, um, just to be very clear, we have some extremely religious people. You know, Reiki does not preclude being part of an organized religion. It fits very well with it. It's not a, a religion at all. It is just spiritual, and we all need spirituality. And there's a certain comfort. This is what I found. Uh, being from East Texas and kind of having all that around me. Um, it's very Reiki for me when I, because I had some of those, like, I, I don't know how I'm going to even tell people about this really, to be honest. Um, it was very, there was this comforting feeling that I didn't feel like I had to, I don't know, want to use the word preach, but like include I guess that's the word I'm going to try to use, include Reiki in my, in my day. And I still use it in my daily life. Um, and it's just, uh, it's a comfort to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, to me, Reiki and prayer are almost synonymous and they are with me pretty much 24 seven. Wow. You know, when I, um, I, after my meditation or towards the end of my morning meditation, my dogs are here back on this day bed behind me. You guys can't see it, but Brenda can. And I do my Reiki and I have my hands out and Yogi, I, he worms his way between my hands. And then if I'm not paying attention, he'll put his head in my lap, which is not a normal thing for him, but he it's, it's almost like he's asking for to be a part of my Reiki session. Jingo is, is fine where he is. He's, he's, um, he's joining me from afar <laughs> across the room usually, <laughs> but Yogi is just like, Oh, I know what she's doing. It is so fascinating. Yes. The way different animals react to Reiki is fascinating. I mean, some, as you say, they just can't get close enough to the energy. Yeah, they want it. And then others, they're okay from a foot away or two feet or 10 feet. Um, I know you've heard this story before, but one of my cats was absolutely adamant that he never wanted Reiki to the <laughs> point where it, it got to be a game with me. First, I started with trying to put my hands on him and he'd leave the room. And then I was a foot away and he'd leave the room. Then I, I got to the point, I just think about, should I give him some Reiki and he'd leave the room? Oh. 
<laughs> yes, he just really didn't want it up until one day when he knew he needed it. He came, got in my lap. And again, this is, this is the animal communication. I thought, Re Reiki? You want Reiki? That You don't do Reiki. You're not going to run from me? <laughs> uh, so I started giving him Reiki. And as soon as I saw he was accepting it, then I got worried and thought he was really very ill because he <laughs> wanted Reiki. <laughs> now, I remember we were in a Reiki share one night at your house. I don't know. Was this the same cat that I think everyone was surprised that he just walked in? I don't know if you remember that you might've been in a different room and this cat comes in as like, I'm here for the party. And we were all in our kind of in our session. I don't, was that the same cat? No, not the same cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yes, she does like to come into the Reiki room when we're all doing Reiki. She likes to be there. Yeah. When I give my husband Reiki, she will nestle between his legs. She is there for the entire session. Oh, I love it. I love it. Absorbing some of that mm -hmm. wonderful, beautiful energy. Yes. Yes. Animals love it. And the people that take classes from me, I tell them, even if you do no other people other than your family, friends, and animals, you will have done so much in the world. So I love to teach Reiki simply because I'm spreading this wonderful energy and wonderful healing to more and more people, more and more beings on the planet. And it's just yeah. like this beautiful ripple effect that mm -hmm. is just, you know, because you walked into my yoga studio that day and I was like, this sounds great. I don't know what it is, but come on. <laughs> Since that day, I was like, it's changed. It's changed so much in my life and then I've given plenty of sessions and so do you still teach Reiki sessions I know we've had the, the weirdest year ever but are you still holding um, Reiki trainings yes I am still holding Reiki trainings um, my classes are always small six is my maximum number of students yeah so it's pretty intimate I I think I canceled one class because of COVID. That was okay. it. Yeah. And, you know, even with, with just a few people, I think there are maybe two or three in my class or three or four. The energy is so, it's, it's so hard to explain. It's just, it's pretty amazing. Even it with is. a small group of people. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if, if this is what's going on nationally or what, but it just seems like more of the people that are coming are empaths. And oh. so having a small group is obviously beneficial for empaths. Yes, because we can get a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and kind of, and we as empaths, you know, I think this helps, Reiki helped me develop as an empath. And I'd actually, around the time that you had walked into the studio, I had, I had just started exploring Dr. Judith Orloff's books and teachings and what it's like to be an empath. And I thought, wow, this sounds exactly like what I've gone through my whole life. And it's almost like they kind of coincided and, and, and it's helped me enhance my empath. I don't want to say abilities, but I've, I've gotten much more intuitive as an intuitive empath as well. So that's, that's been in the more every single Reiki session I either give to myself or with another client or go to a Reiki share or a training. I feel like I've expanded just a little bit more and a little bit more. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing journey and it's been nothing but positive, not only for myself, my husband, who is also an engineer through and through all he cares is that, does it work? Does it not? <laughs> that is normally, you know, all right. Right. Uh, he's was not interested and he had some things going on. Um, he just was like, had some questions about what he had going on, I think with, with work or something. And he was like, Hey, do you want to do a Reiki session? 
And I looked over my shoulder, like you're taught what, who is this person? And he really, he responded very well to it. I'm like, he kind of acted like, oh, I didn't feel anything. But then later on, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So later on, he was like, you know, that was really nice. You know, great. It helped him make some, you know, this kind of decision fatigue that we can get into sometimes with life in general. He was kind of in that spot and he was just like, oh, I just need uh, some guidance. And so I was so thankful that he just trusted the process just enough to be like, okay, but just a few minutes. And then I think he fell asleep, which was even better, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a great way for using Reiki. Absolutely. Because when you're trying to make that decision, that's all your conscious mind going round and round and round. You start with the Reiki energy, the conscious mind tends to drift off and that allows the subconscious to come forward, help make the decision. They get the aha moment without ever having to realize how it happened. And without having to like, I like to call it arm wrestling the decision and then getting out of the decision fatigue and having a really, I like to call it um, like a clean decision or a clean answer. Mm -hmm. There might be some residual questions around it, but you still are like, nope, I think after the session, I'm a lot clearer or cleaner in, in my decision-making. And it's, it's just been an amazing journey for me. And I know, thank goodness you moved to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it has been a great place to be yeah and I've met so many friends just through the Reiki group and it's just been it's been great it's been so great anything else you'd like to share with us Brenda I think just be kind to yourself as you always say and just trust that people will um, accept you whatever your gifts are beautiful yes I love it. Yeah. And we have to be able to trust ourselves. Um, So tell us a little bit about how people can work with you because I do, I'm probably going to get some questions. How do I work with this lady? All right. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about what you offer and what's online, what's not online. So if you want to go into that, that would be great. Okay, sure. So I do distance Reiki sessions and distance animal communication sessions. Uh, You maybe have already described what a distance session is for people, but just in case it is, uh, we set a time and the person is at whatever location they want to be at. They just rest or not as they should choose. I will send Reiki at that time to help them in whatever it is that they their focus is for that session. The distance animal communication, and that is really the only way I do animal communication is distance. Okay. I just get a couple of photos of the person, a list of questions, and then I do the communication and connect afterwards with the person and let them know what I found out. I also offer in-person Reiki sessions, hypnotherapy sessions, combination Reiki and hypnotherapy sessions, and I teach classes in person. Uh, They can get uh, in contact with me at two different websites. One is ReikiForAllBeings.com, and that's R-E-I-K-I-F-O-R-A-L-L B-E-I-N-G-S dot com or tylerhypnotherapy.com. I have two email addresses. They're both Brenda at either reikiforallbeings.com or Brenda at tylerhypnotherapy.com. You okay. can also call or text me. My number is a Virginia number just so that and nobody is too concerned about that, but it's 540-875-9652. And as a special, 
offer to your podcast listeners. If they mention this podcast, I will give them $10 off their first session. That is fantastic. How much time is usually allowed for, let's say, a Reiki um, or hypnosis versus like animal communication? Is it a set time for that or how does that work? Okay, um, that's a great question. The Reiki sessions are generally about an hour and a half in length. Hypnosis sessions, the first session is an hour and a half. Subsequent ones are an hour. So just the first one is the hour. Okay. Um, the combination session, those are two hour sessions. Okay. And then the communications, those are variable. They can be anywhere from a 10 minute quick check-in to an hour long communication. It's so interesting because it's almost like the animal decides like I'm done. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. So that is good to know. And I will put all of your information in the show notes and I'll set up some links. And then I will also share this on my business page and in our private Facebook group. If anyone wants to join into that, it is Empath Insights. It is private. So you'll have to send a request for that. We'd love to have you, but yeah, I'll have all of that information and I'll also send out an email. So if you're not on my email list, make sure you're on that. Well, listen, thank you so much. Again, everything's going to be in the show notes. So if you are driving or you're exercising out walking and you just don't have a pen and paper, um, just go to the show notes and I'll have all the links in there and the numbers. And I just want to thank you so much, Brenda, for joining me today. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure. It's great seeing you, Rachel. Oh, you too. I will catch you later. Bye, Brenda. Right. Bye-bye. Now, if you're ready to start thriving as an empath, if you're ready to start banishing those energy vampires, I'd love to invite you to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Just go to my website, rachelkhudson.com, and just go to the tab that says work with me and we can schedule a free consultation. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day and I hope you have a wonderful week. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself and be kind to others. And I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>